I know a lot of you have had this experience because for those of us who in 2020 were all sent home and we were stuck in a lockdown during the pandemic, we had a lot of time on our hands and I saw an ad for Masterclass and I thought, I want to better myself. I want access to all of these brilliant people who teach you things. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with more than 200 plus of the world's best and smartest. For just under 10 bucks a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And I don't care, you can wake up one morning and say, I want to learn about business. And then another where you say, I want to learn how to survive in the wild if I have no water and no fire to make me warm. You can access Masterclass on your phone, on your computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. And the classes totally make a difference. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. All right, you guys know how much I love giving you an incredible window into a different world every week, right? Well, today's guest opened a window to me back in, I don't know, 1990, okay? Yeah, more than 30 years ago, I'm old, when she performed a song called Love Will Lead You Back, and it was on The Tonight Show. So I'm sitting there in my apartment in Cleveland, okay? I mean, yeah, mm -hmm, thank you. Blown away by this whippet of a woman on stage with this cascade of curly hair, but a voice that could blow the paintings off the wall. It was so strong. At that very moment, I became a forever huge fan of Taylor Dane. It's a rare singer-songwriter who debuts in the 80s. More than three decades later, their songs are still playing everywhere. And I'm not just talking about on the oldies stations. From her first smash hit, Tell It to My Heart, to 17, wrap your mind around that, 17 subsequent top 20 singles, including three that hit number one, Prove Your Love, I'll Always Love You, and my personal favorite, Love Will Lead You Back, Taylor has sold more than 75 million albums and singles worldwide. Award-winning chart topper, massive success, appearances on Fox's The Masked Singer, all good, end of story, right? Oh yeah, and she was on Broadway? Hardly. You guys know, because we have talked about this, success is not a final destination. It's a way station, sometimes followed by drops, detours, and yes, derailments. In July of last year, Taylor faced one of those. After going in for a routine colonoscopy, doctors discovered she had cancer. Taylor, of course, is not the only one to fall victim to this cruel disease. We've lost a lot of celebrities, including actors Chadwick Boseman and Taylor's good friend, Kirstie Alley. Here to discuss her journey in battle is the iconic Taylor Dane. And Taylor, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Oh, thank you so much. What an intro. Amazing. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Oh my gosh, my, my pleasure. And I'm just hitting the ceiling here. I'm levitating. I'm so psyched to be talking to you. Levitating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. All I'm, right, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing a little bit of noise in the background. Tell me where you are. Tell me what you're doing. I am now at Morongo Casino. We have a show tomorrow night. I'm on tour with Sheena Easton and we're starting this tour up. So yeah, you're going to hear casino. You might hear some, you know, jackpot winners. I don't know. <laughs> or some blackjack winners, either way. Oh yeah. my gosh. Touring. That's so amazing. And tell me about the crowds. 
oh yeah you you said three decades so it's it's very very eclectic it's kids it's it's teens it's it's you know people in their 50s that were fans of you know that started off in the clubs and now they're like hey <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> go to the casino tonight man we're going out for the weekend you know <laughs> who knows it's it's definitely eclectic it's great it's you know, generational. I, I love my audiences. And, well, uh, you know, I, um, great I'm a Peloton fan. They play a lot of your songs. And, and I'm always <laughs> thinking that, you know, you go back to 1987, your hit song, Tell It To My Heart. That lasted out on the scene. Who were you before that moment? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, 1987 was an amazing year. That's where, you know, I started with the single came out and I, you know, I was just coming out of high school and is, you know, dreams of dreams. Where were you in high school? Uh, Baldwin, Baldwin senior high, Long Island. Yep. And, and you were, you were an Island girl, Long Island girl singing your heart out before then where on, on stage in school plays or little clubs. Oh, everything, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, but I grew up, you know, it was right outside of New York city. So, I mean, I was in New York and I was in, three different bands even before I broke by the, you know, remember 18, that was the magic age. So everything was happening. Everything, everything. I was in clubs and bands and doing everything I needed to do to, you know, being tenacious as usual. Did you know that tell it to my heart would, would just hit the collective cortex of music lovers at that moment? <laughs> you know, sometimes when you, when you start to sing a song or you, you, you write it, you go, this is, this is going to be a smash hit. You know, I think I knew that would love will lead you back, but this is, this was during a time, you know, it, 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 there was no yellow brick road, you know, there's no, there's no um, connect the dots. It's not like you go to school and get a degree to become a, you know, a pop star. You try. And in those days, you know, there wasn't internet, there wasn't cell phones. Like this was, you know, everything through, you know, you didn't get signed to a label. You didn't have a label deal, you know? So I did everything possible and hustled and did 12 inches. Did This was a very grassroots approach. We were going to mm -hmm. release it, you know, independently at first, even if we didn't get label attention. And that's how we, we really got it signed. We got it signed. I got signed single, single option album. And that was with the strength of producing and putting Tell It To My Heart together. And <clears throat> we were going to release it ourselves. And Arista picked it up as a 12 inch, literally. Uh, yeah. And from there, things blew up. I mean, it just, you know, took off and went number one all around the world and obviously in Europe first. That must have been so amazing for you. And, you know, I'm not, I always am fascinated to think, what were your parents thinking at this point? Tell me about your parents and your family. <laughs> well, we're from New York. What were they thinking? They were like, it's more what I was thinking. It was just like, listen, you know, when you have a dream and a journey, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I was home with this. This was a... Um, I had a voice. I certainly had it at a very young age and I was working at it and I was doing at it and there was no stopping me kind of thing. So I can promise you, they were thinking, holy <laughs> pretty much, and, you know, and when it broke, you know, my yeah. dad's the one that lent me the money for Rick and I uh, to, to do this 12 inch. That's, you know, I'll never forget. We said, I said, dad, we'll get you the money back. Don't worry. I can play in some of the clubs and we'll get you the money back for this. It was only like six grand, seven grand, but you know, at the time, 1987, you know? Yeah. How soon did you pay him back? <laughs> I think pretty quickly. Or number yeah. one. <laughs> in labor. I don't oh, know. Oh my gosh. Well, you talked about Love Will Lead You Back. Um, that to me, I was just listening to it the other day before I even knew that I would get you on. And 
it makes me want to cry the way you emote within it. And and I have to tell you, one of the problems that I have with singers today, everything's auto-tuned. It's almost so annoyingly perfect and hermetically sealed. There's no emotion. They're just mouthing the words in many cases. What is it that that is special about how you approach recording a song? I I mean, everything you're saying is, is, is pretty much hitting home. I mean, look, I, I was meticulous when we would comp my vocals and, you know, every take was six takes and then we'd put it together and make the magic. But, you know, when you're hearing the heart and you're hearing the passion and you're feeling, you know, Love Will Lead You Back is an iconic song. It's a classic hit written by the great Diane Warren. So mm-hmm. the magic of the raw, the, the words, the lyrics, the melody, I mean, it's never going anywhere. And, you know, that had to be proven to me. It's not like, you know, that when you're 20 years old and you're singing these songs, you know, that's the test of time. Oh, yeah. And and I'm sure that moment where you get out on stage to put it out there, say, for example, on the David Letterman show, which was on back mm. then, or Jay yeah. Leno's show. Sure. Were you nervous to debut that song? Oh, God, I don't remember. All I know is, you know, maybe the moments you're talking about, like when you saw it on Jay Leno, I think that was, you know, just that moment where we went number one that week. And it was, you know, he... he uh, he gave me the gold album, you know, the gold uh, award, you know, the album mm-hmm. award when it when it reaches that. And it was just some beautiful status stuff, you know, and I would just remember that moment with that. As far as being nervous for a show, the fast forward 30 years later, I'm sure I've had many of those yeah, moments. Yeah. People always ask me, you get nervous before doing the newscast. And I, I always say I'm always a little bit nervous. And I think that it makes sure. you you know, on your heels and on your toes and you make sure that you, you know, you want to aim to be the best. You aim for perfection. I mean, you aim for the stars, maybe snag the moon if you're lucky. Um, right. So life's going great after all of these hit songs. You, you make it to Broadway, Aida. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, amazing time. You know, that was uh, early 2000 and um, yeah, hit show on Broadway. And uh, it means a show that I kind of went in early with Audra McDonald and a couple other people, you know, when you start a, when they start to write and perform and try out the music, that was with Tim Rice and Elton John, obviously. And, you know, we had it in a lot of workshop forms. And I remember I had to step away from it because obviously I had a, a touring career and music, but uh, coming back to it and then, you know, filling in for uh, Sherry Renee and coming in there and playing M. Naris mm. was beautiful. Totally yeah. different experience to be on Broadway, isn't it? Oh, yeah. One thousand percent. When you're when you're when you're you know film and television, you know. Look, when I'm on stage every night, the audience changes, and that's one thing I learned with Broadway. No matter what you're saying, the same words, and you're doing, you know. But every night, you know, in the theater, the audience changes, so the experience is different. Yeah. Plus, you have to act. You're you're not Absolutely. just singing. You're definitely or dancing, acting. and you're in costume and multiple ones, as far as I'm concerned, for that part. <laughs> Did you have any moments where things just didn't go right? And this, you were really quite new to that. Oh, thing. yeah. We have a lot of games they play. Uh, somebody put a whoopee cushion under one of uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know what I said. I think I said something, a line where I said, well, that's a photograph. And <laughs> I don't think in uh, ancient Egypt there was photography going on. So, yeah, we had some bloopers. One time I got locked in, in the, I, I got stuck in the elevator. And in costume like that, they had to, like, cut me out it was just some yeah it's just stuff you'd never you know broadway is just to the end babe theater's the theater doing all of this as you're raising 
twins via surrogacy? Basically, they were born December 30th, 2001. So basically the first day of 2002. Um, yeah, amazing. You know, it was ahead of the, you know, now when we talk about surrogacy, everybody understands it. But then it was very, very different. And um, it was very, very novel. And it was only legal, I think, in Delaware and in California. And uh, they you go that route? Well, I had um, talking about surgery and I had bladder surgery uh, on my uh, ureters and kidney at a very young age and uh, between pain and not necessarily a sustainable pregnancy. That was a choice that finally, when I was really ready to have a child and just thinking about it, I was like, wow, if I could do this, this would be even more optional, you know, and I obviously I was very fearful of carrying because of my health issues. And yet it worked out. We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listen Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tell us about your kids. Oh, they are 21. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> All of it. Yeah, they're great. They're amazing. <laughs> Levi and Astaria. I remember when my girls were making booties backstage and, you know, knitting and doing everything. You know, you're in family when you're on Broadway and it was just magical, you know, and a boy and a girl and they're amazing kids. Levi, they're amazing people and they're, you know, doing their life. You know, it's uh, it's been a real journey and I'm, I'm proud. I'm a mom. And more than that, I'm very fulfilled. And then we, we get to that point where you think things are going really super well and you're hit with colon cancer. That diagnosis, July of last year, you went in for just a routine screening, correct? Well, on my first colonoscopy, which was five, six ago, um, as a routine, um, they found polyps and they said, listen, we're gonna biopsy this, but we recommend you come in twice a year because if you're producing polyps, we need to keep, stay on it. And that was just going in at the like the recommended 50. Mm-hmm. So my, my point is like, if you are a, a cancer survival and your family has, you know, genetically predispositioned for cancer, I mean, you're notified more than a doctor and you do screenings, but for those that aren't, and for those that don't have that on their radar, which I don't have cancer in my family and stuff like that. I mean, this was very shocking, but also it was more than that. It was, um, what's the word? It was uh, awakening mm-hmm. because I also went right into, I heard something I, and I knew that we caught it very quickly because think about it. I was already uh, had done a, a test five months earlier than that and there was nothing. Mm-hmm. So I was going every five, six months. So I was very religious about it. So all I can say is that early detection is the key to my, um, the success here and 
and also the um, opportunity for everybody to really um, understand that it's really a time factor with this. Like he told me I had a two week window. That's how aggressive one was without seeing it five months earlier. It didn't exist. So that's how quickly and how fast it moves. And it's and, scary. Well, well, yeah. And the surgery, as I understand it, you had roughly 10 feet of your colon removed. Now, 10 feet, 10 inches. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> I mean, either way, I'm sure it's, it's, it's massive on some level and yet, thank God, on another, you know? Oh, yeah. And what was the recovery like for you? It Would was you pretty say? hellacious. That, that was the tough part. I had a, some complications, you know, in surgery and just uh, hematoma. And so, you know, you have to watch, you know, obviously, once you're in the hospital, you know, you're open to infection. So I had a tough time um, healing. But at the end of the day, you know, that's a decision you make, you know, how you're going to go about it, what you're going to do. And uh, I was on antibiotics for a long time, but as well as doing a lot of alternative uh, therapy work to get through it and heal my body. When were you able to start singing once again? I went back out September. Mm. Mm -hmm. But slow and steady and with, you know, my family, my family of, you know, touring people and people that I trust. And I took it easy and I wasn't, you know, embarrassed to say like, you know. I'm healing. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, recently, we discover that, and turns out to be your friend, Kirstie Alley, the actress, died. Yes, just, just, yeah, it's, it's a shame. Um, it's more than a shame. I mean, obviously, she had a very small window, you know, and, yeah. uh, and that's how this is. So if you can grab it and seize it and get a little, do more due diligence and be your own warrior, your own medical warrior your own warrior and a lot of levels, you know, your own sergeant, your own drill sergeant. That's helpful in health. So now top of things. knowing that you wake up every day and life, obviously it's so cliche, but life each day is a total gift. What do you change about your life at all, if anything? Well, I've definitely changed my diet and I've definitely changed the way I think about a lot of things. And I put more me time in, you know, I really like, if it doesn't feel good, I don't do it. And you know, also every day I spend some time on doing something that just makes me feel good, whether it's a, a sauna, whether it's, you know, a workout. I mean, these are all part of it, but uh, meditation, you know, these are things that you must do. You take the time and give that window to yourself. And, uh, and that's just now after months of doing a lot of self-healing work. Well, exactly. And yet here you are, you're on the road again, you're touring. Oh, yeah. They can't keep you off stage, can they? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Not at all. <laughs> Not Are yet. you writing new songs? Tell me exactly what you're working on. At this yeah, point. we. I spent during COVID. I I recorded a, an, an amazing piece of music and and record with uh, Greg Field. So mm. we're finding a home for that now. Um, some covers and some not. And now um, as I enter my 35 year anniversary for Tell It To My Heart, I got some great collab coming on with a couple of DJs to um, recapture that you know, and, and, you know, take it to the next level, 2023. Tell it I to need, my heart. I need to see you perform soon. When are you coming to New York? Cause if I don't hear <laughs> love will lead you back in person, I'm going to hit the roof. I love it. Hey man, just go to tell it to tailordane.com. You did I can't even figure out where the hell I am half the time <laughs> tour wise. I'm in a lot of places. I'm in a lot of places. A lot of West coast is coming up. Okay. in uh, February, March, but yes. Oh, Taylor, it's so wonderful to speak to you and you, hear your you story so 
you know, this podcast is all about the climb and how difficult it can be. If you would leave our listeners with one nugget of what you've really learned about success and then being knocked off a pedestal a couple of times. Yeah. Don't give up on yourself. And um, remember, you know, life is about um, problems and, and it's how you deal with the problems, you know, and uh, head on is usually the better way. And with a smile, with some grace and dignity, you can get through it. Just, you know, take that breath and give yourself the strength and the ability to get there. Thrilled to have you, Taylor. Thank you Thank so, you. so much. We really Thank appreciate you so much, it. You know, Taylor's got to go because she's like going to be on stage <laughs> minutes from now. Thank you so much for taping with us. Thank you, darling. And I will tell you, our viewers, oh, she called me darling. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> girl. I know, spaz Liz, uh, totally. But uh, you guys, I promise you every single time you tune into this podcast, we are only bringing you the best, most inspirational stories. Some people are not famous. Others like Taylor are such winners in the world who fought all the way from just being a kid on Long Island who wanted to sing to now a chart topper and she's still in it to win it. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Want to listen ad-free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.